So I'm Madhumita Mantri. I'm a product lead at Startree. It's an early stage uh, startup in Bay Area uh, focused on real-time analytics. So um, that's about me. I have worked uh, with Ed long time back at LinkedIn. He was my mentor who helped me to grow at LinkedIn and have been huge support uh, supporter and sponsor. And I'm really thankful for him to join the session today and also was patient with my previous glitch on the LinkedIn Live. So welcome, Ed, uh, to this session, and we're really looking forward to hearing from you. So um, with that, uh, I'll open up the floor to you, and my first question to you, if you can give a quick intro about your career journey and something not in your LinkedIn profile. Absolutely. So thanks, Madhu, for having me, and uh, thanks to everyone who's able to join or, or listen to the audio re recording later. Um, so as Madhu mentioned, we met at LinkedIn, but I've been doing uh, technical program management most of my life. I got started when I was a teenager um, doing it for video game companies, went to school, got into the industry and worked for a, a couple of companies. Um, but no, most notably, I was at LinkedIn for about eight years. Um, so on the comical side, I, I did start thinking about uh, those issues we were having with live video, how to debug them, which on-call list to engage with. So. Uh, there, there will be some follow-ups to make sure that that uh, doesn't affect others. Um, but after LinkedIn, um, last June, I actually transitioned into the self-driving car industry. Um, the company I joined was called Argo AI, and they were funded by uh, uh, vehicle manufacturers, such as Ford and Volkswagen, with investment interest from companies like Lyft, Walmart, and Amazon. Um, when you talk about those companies, all of them were affected by market changes and they all started making cuts on their side. So the self-driving car company I was working for was actually shut down um, about five months into my, my journey there. And I ended up being unemployed in uh, November. Uh, some of the engineers did transition to working on other technology for Ford or Volkswagen, but I was naive and thought that I could get a, a job in Silicon Valley pretty quickly. But for about four months, um, I faced a lot of rejection, both for economic reasons and my own growth opportunities. I finally began to get a lot of offers in February, and I, I did recently join FAIR as their first uh, data TPM. Um, something that's interesting that's not on my profile but kind of relevant here is I've always had a, a strong interest in social sciences, things like history, philosophy, psychology. And I actually had to lean on those things pretty heavily during the layoff to help me manage and process some of the economic challenges and rejections. Um, so I leaned on a lot of philosophies like uh, Nietzsche talks about growing up as a, a camel and bearing others' burdens and carrying a lot of burdens, but going through a metamorphosis to be a child where you're more interested in learning and growth. Um, Albert Camus talks about how like good things happen to bad people, bad things happen to good people. Um, I read some of the Stoics, like Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, um, and some modern biology books, such as uh, Good Reasons for Bad Feelings, which, which basically takes a lot of the stresses and anxieties that we feel today, and it puts it into an evolutionary context. Um, so, for example, when I was, Madhu and I were feeling nervous about the uh, technical issues earlier, a lot of the anxieties and stress that we're feeling were actually evolved in a prehistoric world where what we were dealing with had much more severe consequences like like death or injury um, when you're like leaving the cave to hunt mastodons and things like that 
So understanding the brain as a biological function and sort of your mind as a philosophical entity that you can you can manage um, what thoughts enter your brain or enter your mind uh, really helped me through the uh, through the layoff. Awesome, Ed. Thanks for being vulnerable and uh, sharing all the great insights, uh, which is very valuable to many of us um, in case like we're running through the similar situation, how to cope with the stress and deal with the anxiety. And I know uh, the space is very hard, the market is very hard, and there are many folks who are impacted and going through the stress and anxiety. So um, th these uh, tips will be super valuable to them. Um, so my next question to you, um, what is the impact you're noticing, especially on getting hired in this generative AI world? Yeah, so the so the landscape of the job market completely changed um, between the time I left LinkedIn and uh, the time I re-entered the job market uh, a few months later. So, the first thing, if you look at actual job postings, AI generative AI machine learning platforms are are basically posted everywhere. Companies that have done layoffs or in hiring freezes, they have a very small handful of postings, and, and most of them are in AI, machine learning, and, and those kinds of platforms. There's a definite pop in that hiring space right now. Now, I don't think all of us need to try to work in that particular field, but applying the things that are happening in generative AI um, and being a part of the conversations, trying the tools that are that are that are available, I think is important for all product managers and TPMs. Because uh, while you're in the layoff, the the conversations that are happening in industry are, are changing. People at companies have Slack channels where they're exploring generative AI, and subsequently the interview questions are changing too. So it helps to be able to understand the basics, like what is AGI, artificial general intelligence, what is generative AI, natural language processing, understanding what Turing tests are and um, how we evaluate uh, machines versus humans. The whole space kind of reminds me if you were in around in the, the mid to late 2000s of the, the term big data. Um, where the more you learn, the more you can kind of talk about it in the interview process and in whatever space you do work in. Um, there are lots of ways that you can you can try it out yourself, whether you want to build your resume, use ChatGPT or some of the tools to help you write status reports. Something that I found helpful is I don't write optimal SQL. Um, so if I'm going to run something on a production database, I ask ChatGPT to tighten my, my queries. Um, and I actually shared the the headshot that I have at LinkedIn right now is is not me. It's a it's a generated uh, deep fake from tryitonai.com. Um, so I would familiarize myself with the tools so you can speak the language. Now, whether or not you actually use generative AI to do things like build your resume or cover letters is kind of a personal choice. Um, there is a tendency when these things are done using chat GPT, there's like this joke going around where every time something looks well-structured or polished, people are like, oh, did chat GPT make it? Um, so what that means is it kind of has an identifiable personality right now, which, which isn't always what makes us as product managers and TPM stand out. One of our special techniques is knowing our audience, knowing which kind of tone uh, to apply to different audiences. And a lot of that is in the context of how you even ask ChatGPT to, to write the article um, to different audience members or stuff. So I personally didn't use it to generate too much other than my profile picture, but I certainly played around with it. But but other people definitely are. And I think the key thing is 
Um, double check it. If you're using AGI to generate something, be aware of the tone, uh, think about your audience, and sometimes overwrite what the AI generates. This is great. Um, thanks, Ed, for sharing uh, some of your tips. And I was surprised that your picture is generated by generative AI. Uh, that's super fascinating. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll share uh, about 60 pictures that were, were generated, and it only cost $17. And I, I was telling my parents about, uh, you know, photog photos that we've posted for his families on the wall and paid hundreds of dollars for in the 80s. And I'm like, this is definitely changing that that game as well. Yeah. Are you talking about Lensa.ai? There's a, several of them. This oh, was okay. tried on AI.com, um, which had a pop on TikTok, actually. So that's how I heard about it. Nice. Well, um, I think uh, you brought up some good uh, insights into like how to form your resume and then uh, write your cover letter and all. Uh, ChatGPT is able to help. I think it's a good guideline to use. But one thing I always see uh, when you, you when you said well structured, but there is a authenticity part that is missing in all those because uh, generative AI can only tell like more of a robo but it's not bringing in your human angle and aspects. I think throwing out those things are super uh, valuable. Uh, whoever is reading your resume or cover letter, I think that's one thing. Uh, uh, and as you rightly said, like uh, PM and TPMs are well positioned to do that uh, with their creativity and um, knowing their audience better. So I think these are uh, great traits that uh, people can leverage uh, to at least uh, augment themselves using the generative AI in the job market. Um, my next question to you, um, when we talk so much about generative AI, do you think we'll have an impact on the expectations on PM and TPMs overall? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to up-level expectations of uh, TPMs and product managers. A lot of operational things are changing. Um, some, you know, TPMs or product managers could get by kind of capturing notes or action items, writing status reports. I think um, a lot of those things are going to be generated, even like interview questions can be generated. And so we're going to need to be uh, up level to more strategic roles where we're, we're not doing those basic functional operational things and, and really being more forward looking. Um, it does actually worry me a bit because I can see AGI making moves into strategy too. Um, as a TPM, one of the things that I always did to stand out was I considered myself a, a fairly um, technical TPM. So if I was looking at a new system design, I could sketch out three or four potential solutions, the pros and cons of each. Um, and I've been imagining a uh, artificial intelligence tool that is like, architecturally aware of systems and just tells you like where to make optimizations and where to make changes. Um, similarly, I can see a tool that goes into the code and identifies dependencies and builds base Gantt charts for us based on actual like code rather than having to talk to developers and uncover those dependencies. So I don't think we're too far from that. And I, I do think um, the way we leverage these these tools is going to become more important. It, it may even bring TPM and product closer. Um, I've done a bit of both, and I see doing both as like 170% of one person, um, where the two roles have kind of like a shared 30% function, um, often complementing each other. 
Um, but as AI, as, as AI automates some of this stuff, the, the remaining work may grow smaller, more condensed, and uh, it'll, it'll be interesting. So there will definitely be some changes. Yeah, thanks for sharing. I think uh, that you're completely right. Um, things are changing. And even I've seen um, uh, in product management space also, you can now um, do like research competitive analysis, writing your PRDs, everything can be done uh, using ChatGPT. So that is very surprising. Um, uh, but I guess uh, the amount of time we were spending doing that, like writing one PRD versus 10 PRDs, I think that is going to change with generative AI. However, what is core to us in terms of creativity or asking the right questions understanding the depth, I think those will be still continue to be valuable. And I guess as we are in the space, um, do you think um, that is some one area that uh, everyone would try to focus more on building than the uh, more of the tactical uh, part? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even with these generative AI tools, they depend on the, the prompts that you pose to them. So what we are talking about human emotion, you could say like, write a document that does this, or you could say, write a document that conveys these sort of human emotions or appeals to these sort of audiences. And I think we will have to spend a lot of time in that strategic place where even if we're going to use the tools for tactical reasons, um, we'll still have to put a lot of strategy and thought into how we leverage them, when we leverage them, um, those sorts of things. Awesome. Um, actually, that leads to my next question to you. Um, how should PMs and TPMs prepare for jobs to beat this competition and this competitive landscape, given uh, the roles are changing and uh, how one can prepare for that? Yeah, so so I learned a lot about this in the layoff, and I'm happy to, I'm excited to help people with this. So so one thing is is deliberate learning. Right now, um, you can certainly apply to like 10, 20 jobs a day on LinkedIn. You're, you're probably not going to get a lot of hits. Um, what you can do, though, is, is do a lot of deliberate learning in these spaces. There are a lot of YouTube videos you can watch. There are cheap courses on Coursera from credible sources. You can even get certifications. I recently got one in uh, machine learning basics from deeplearning.ai and Stanford. And um, you should really put in the work and take advantage of what's out there because you should know that other people are. The other thing with deliberate learning that I become aware of is I'm 36. And when I entered the job market in 2009, I had a lot of um, fresh skills that I learned out of school. Right now, there, there are definitely people entering the market who are younger, who these skills are super fresh for, they're just coming out of school. So um, a lot of what happens in this sort of economy is, you know, they lay off staff and senior people and they rely on internship and co-op programs to backfill us uh, with some of our skill sets. So you do actually have to think about those emerging skill sets and, and be deliberate about learning them. As I mentioned earlier, you can play around with the tools. Um, one thing that helped me was just brainstorming startups. Um, I had uh, an interest in psychology, as I, I shared, and there's this thing called art therapy, which it's basically when people are struggling, having them create art to, to, to um, express their emotions. And I always thought there was something a little bit off with that industry. If you're like having emotional breakdown, you're not going to spend like 10 hours making a painting. But if you can just talk to a robot and it visualizes something for you, um, that, 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 shows your emotions. That's pretty cool. So like I started thinking about ways to apply the technology if I did do a startup, even though I was still in the market. Um, 
the last thing I would say is uh, build this into your storytelling. Um, one of the mistakes I made early on when I was applying for jobs with AI and ML focuses is I had mentored a lot of TPMs building ML systems, but I hadn't built them myself. So I did need to dive a little bit deeper into the technical uh, areas. So I wasn't just talking about the meta aspects of it, but, but actually understood it. Um, I do want to caution people that you don't have to necessarily go into a job for AI. There will still continue to be jobs in areas like data compliance, marketing, experimentation, you know, consumer products, everything that we've all done. Um, but it's really thinking about how you can bring generative AI and ML to those things um, and understanding that there are, there are a lot of talented people in the market right now um, who are learning those things and just really being deliberate about those learnings. Yeah, well said. Um, I think this is very, very important. Um, and I have, I think, two more questions. I'll pause for a second and see if there is any pressing question from the audience. Feel free to raise a hand or else I'll go with my two other questions and then uh, we'll open up the floor for Q&A. Okay, I don't see anyone raising hands, so I'll move forward with my question. My next question to you, um, Ed, and thanks for sharing all the tips. I think this will be super valuable who are now looking for jobs in this competitive landscape and some of these could be um, something that they can leverage uh, and then try uh, for, a, for landing in a job. So um, what are some of the strategies PMs and TPMs can apply to survive the layoff? I think that is more important. So if you could share um, some, some of your experience and tips that will be valuable to uh, all the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and given the economic conditions, this is gonna be a reality for, for many people. Um, while I'm blessed to have recently got a job, I still see the news every day. And you know, people in different markets, I worry about friends. So I do have some, some good tips. Um, first one actually starts with budgeting. Um, a good rule of thumb is, is to save now and, and plan to spoil yourself later once, once the situation is more stable. Um, it, it might be a longer haul than you anticipate. As I mentioned, I was naive and I thought I could get a job with my connections within a month or two. Um, but people had been through this before. They, they told me some specific numbers that stood out. They, they told me that like, you know, a recession is two quarters. And they said, what you're going to see in the news is for at least nine months, nine months to a year, you're going to see these layoff cycles. They told me that most of their friends who had been laid off in the past were in the job market for at least four to six months. Um, so in terms of budgeting at the holidays, we bought ourselves sort of like gift cards, the grocery stores closed for interviews, but we didn't plan to go on trips. We didn't, you know, buy new products. I think there's an interesting philosophical dilemma for folks who have children, um, because you may not want your children to, you know, feel the impact of, of the economy. Um, we have three dogs. We, we spoiled the heck out of our dogs. They didn't notice any difference. They got all their treats and toys that they usually get. But ourselves, we, um, we held off and then we took a nice trip to New Orleans when we, we both landed work um, this past February. So um, budgeting is super important, just thinking about it. Um, for a lot of people who are new to the job market, you should also watch YouTube videos to learn about like your state benefits. A lot of us have put a lot of money into the system and it's, it's okay to get some money out. Um, 
you there's different rule laws in different states like in california you're allowed to collect unemployment while you're collecting severance in a lot of states you can't do that um there's different health insurance options cobra is expensive but i had i had to take it because i had some ongoing medical conditions um a big part of it for me is is learning a, about how to soothe and process rejection so we're all going to experience depression anxiety and those sorts of things um, so I, I won't go into all the details, but some of the things that have, have really helped me, as I mentioned, understanding some of the biological triggers, um, there's a lot of literature right now out there about attachment styles. I have an anxious attachment style. So when I feel rejected, I tend to want to know why and kind of like hold on to it. Other people have avoidant attachment styles where they kind of move on very quickly. Um, but figure out how to soothe yourself, whether um, like how to make yourself feel better and calmer, kind of like parenting yourselves. Um, another big thing is, is relying on the community. Um, actually, if I could sum this up in a, a metaphor that has worked for me, if you think about a chair that has kind of like four legs, um, you need to have at least like four or five three to five different things in your life that are important to you. And work can be one of them. But during this time, some of us are going to have less than stellar experiences in the work world. So it's important to have other legs of the stool to kind of lean on. Um, a big part of that is, is how to stay involved with your professional groups. Um, I know I reached out to Madhu and some of the other folks um, that I had worked with uh, when they when they were doing these events in the past, and I told them I feel like an imposter. Um, I don't feel comfortable showing up to functions. I don't even know how to introduce myself to people anymore. Do I say I work in the tech industry? Do I say I was laid off from the tech industry? Um, so it's easy to to start to slip away. And what helped me was finding the things that felt good. So like learning and getting like you know, 90% on AWS or ML exams made me feel good. Um, connecting with colleagues made me feel good. And I'd actually challenge those of you who are, who are employed to really check in with your unemployed friends and encourage them to stay involved. Um, they're processing things like, you know, you see help wanted signs at the grocery store or like as a project manager, there's all kinds of construction going on around me. And so, that, you know, you do consider like down leveling and getting out of tech because you feel like an imposter. Um, what I would say is, is, is uh, I encourage most of you to not feel that way, um, but to rely on, to find the techniques that work for you to, to make yourself feel good, to feel accepted and to feel warm. And, and I, without being too emotional, like the, those of you who reached out and checked in on me, it, it really meant a lot. It, that's what kept me kind of going and feeling accepted and, and feeling like I belonged. Um, so uh, most of you know who you are. So thank you to everyone who helped me on that journey. Um, I also want to say like in this economy, there's going to be some bad experiences. And you have to recognize the patterns and when to move on. So examples are you interview for a position and the culture isn't a fit. You don't have a good vibe with the hiring manager. Uh, the role isn't necessarily right for you. Like, you know, a lot of the semantics, but not, you're not perfect. 
I had a few experiences where I was clearly um, like the second or third choice and kind of being kept warm. And I had to know when to kind of like move on from that. Um, there's going to be situations where you're ghosted. There's going to be situations in which people you were interviewing with or recruiters themselves are laid off. Um, there's going to be situations in, in which jobs are pulled. So I did have to learn not to get attached to any one position that I really, really wanted. Um, early on, I did that and it, it took an emotional toll. So developing kind of a workflow or framework where you can, you can move on quickly. For me, unfortunately, uh, I don't know that everybody should do this, but part of my workflow is like assuming that I've lost. So after an interview, I assume that I'm rejected and I just move on to the next thing and until I get good news. Um, not everybody should do that. But, and the last thing I mentioned is uh, really understand the macro economy. I, I spoke a little bit earlier that, that younger kids are getting some of our jobs. Um, as we get laid off, you don't see internship and co-op programs fading. And what that means is they're going to backfill uh, a lot of our responsibilities into entry-level positions. Understand the companies are trying to make quarterly earnings look good. Um, the way that companies may be felt about you and your ROI in a strong economy will be, be very different. Everybody's kind of looking after themselves um, and worried about their own careers rightfully. But there is some good news in this. Um, when you look at the job markets, a lot of industries outside of tech are trying to pull tech talent. So there are jobs in government, finance, retail stores, where they're actually up leveling and hiring a lot of like senior staff, principal level product managers and TPMs. Um, and so I think that there is going to be a transition where some of us have to move into those industries um, and build that into your decision making, the, the opportunity that you could have and the impact that you could have on industries outside of Silicon Valley. Um, because there, there are emerging opportunities there and you have an opportunity to be kind of on the revolutionary side of that. Um, yeah, those are some of the things that, 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 that really helped me. Um, but of course I could go into more detail on any of them if anyone wants to reach out. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Ed. Those are very, uh, insightful and, uh, and, and being vulnerable. Uh, I guess uh, this really helps like you're so true to yourself and what you're sharing is very valuable and uh, thanks for sharing the tips like especially think out outside the box in this difficult situation brain stop working and how you can soothe yourself and then work towards uh, looking for a new bright light and opportunities and there are always opportunities out there you just have to uh, rebuild your decision making and then work um, consistently towards the goal and it will happen eventually so i know we are almost close to the time but we can like probably spend a couple of more minutes uh, if you um, have time if audience have question does anyone have question you can raise your hand and uh, i can unmute uh, i can invite you to the stage and you can unmute yourself and ask question or or even share your perspective if you want to share with the rest of the audience uh, looks like nobody is raising hand uh, lena i saw a thumbs up not sure you're trying to speak if you want to speak raise your hand otherwise i assume just give a nod so i'll just uh, wait for a second to see if anyone has question 
okay looks like not so uh, we will then uh, wrap up and uh, I have my final question for Ed and before we wrap up I just wanted to share that uh, I'm recording the session and uh, I will be sharing the recording uh, as part of my monthly newsletter and on the Spotify channel and if you're interested you can go back and always uh, listen to it later so um my final question to you ed any final thoughts before we wrap up and how uh, anyone will contact you if they have follow-up questions yeah absolutely so first off i'm happy to help anyone who reaches out to me i may be a little bit slow in responses give me like you know a 72 hour sla or so um one of the things that that really was a benefit to me during this layoff is I, I built a big network. I met a lot of recruiters. I met a lot of hiring managers. Some of those hiring managers really helped me land a job by referring me to other friends. Um, so uh, you can actually use this as an opportunity to expand your network. And if, if folks want, if they see specific positions posted and they'd like to see if I know someone, you can feel free to reach out. LinkedIn is the best way to contact me. I've become a daily active user. Um, just be cautious of that. I've noticed some people on LinkedIn who constantly like like kind of negative posts. Don't don't do that too much because it will create a viral loop and your potential employers will see it. Um, but otherwise, yeah, happy to help anyone contact me on LinkedIn. I also want to thank Madhu um, for giving me the opportunity to speak about these uh, subjects and, and join this talk. Um, having a more public brand is, is something that I, I want to do in the future. And I, I really appreciate the platform um, from Madhu and, and all the attendees. Yeah. Thank you, Ed. I think we are at time. Um, uh, thanks for your time and sharing all the valuable tips and insights. I'm sure this is going to be valuable to all our listeners and hope more people can also get to listen to it offline and uh, and yeah, thanks for sharing how to reach out to you. So uh, that that's also um, everyone can do. If uh, don't hesitate to reach out to Ed if you have questions. Um, certainly, you can reach out to me as well. Um, we are here to help you all and uh, help going through this difficult phase. And something that really worked for Ed, I thought it would be good to spread the vibes to everyone and then uh, share the experience. So everyone could benefit out of it. And myself, I also got benefited listening to it. So thanks a lot, Ed. And uh, with that, I'll also thank the audience who were engaged and listening all throughout. So thank